Let's welcome a very special guest, Harav Eliezer Steinberger, Rosh Yeshiva of Nishmas HaTorah, a Haredi Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael that incorporates secular studies into its curriculum and a former Ram in Yeshiva's Marava. Rosh Steinberger, thank you so much for taking time. I wish it could be under happy circumstances, but it's great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I agree with you. We are in a very uh, difficult, very painful times. I'm Israel, the Eretz Yisrael. Yes. Really, uh, uh, really bad times. So, and we'd like to hear a little bit of your thoughts about that. Like all of Kal Yisrael, the Haredi community has been heavily, heavily impacted by the Karn Matzah, by the Hamas terror attack, and the ongoing aftermath, and in a lot of, obviously, dark and negative ways. There's also been positive aspects of this. So, how has this current Matzah impacted the Haredi community from your perspective? Uh, I agree with you. It's an uh, impact and influence very much the Haredi society. So, but I, first of all, I want to speak about the big picture. Uh, Am Israel had a tremendous siyata tishmayef after the Holocaust that most of the Jews were protected, more or less. We were, we, we were not in the situation that we had before the Holocaust that the Jewish people felt uh, unprotected. Baruch Hashem, we had the state of Israel. A lot of Jews came to Israel. A lot of other Jews, most of the Jews left, lived in uh, Western uh, states. And that way, uh, Jewish people uh, uh, felt uh, protected. The biggest problem, the biggest uh, uh, pain, the painful thing after the attack that we had in Simchastero, that today in Eretz Yisrael, people, a lot of people don't feel protected. People don't feel um, uh, confident. I see in my yeshiva, uh, Hashem, most of the boys are coming, but I can hear mothers that saying, I don't want to send my child. I want him to stay at home. I hear from my friends in the elementary school, teacher that tells me that part of the class, a lot of groups, a lot of boys are not coming. The parents are afraid from the, from the drivers, from the streets. And it's, a, and, a, and it's a very painful situation. It's part of, part of the Kloas that Kadush Boku says, the Pachata Mikol Alenidaf, the fact that people are afraid, that himself, it's a, uh, that himself, it's a Klo. Right. That himself, it's a Klo. Uh, uh, the Posuk and the Kloas says, Vanisharim Bachem, Veveti Morech Bilvavam, Veradafotam Kol Alenidaf. People, a lot of people uh, are in fear, and, uh, and, and it's a very painful, very hard situation. Now, in the Haredi aspect, the, it's also the first time, usually in Eretz soil, there were a lot of wars, but usually it's an army against the army. The civilian society usually was, were not affected too much. Now it's the first time that the majority of the people that were killed in the massacre are civilians, innocent civilians. And because of that, like I'll tell you, I live in Yerushalayim. People in Yerushalayim that live in the west side of Yerushalayim are terrified from, the, from East Jerusalem. They ask themselves, maybe it will be the same. Of course, there's different. Yes, we don't have a, we don't have a terror organization in East Jerusalem, but People lost the people lost their confidence, and uh, because of that, if I'm now coming back to the Haredi society, yeah. today the Haredi society are a lot more connected to the to the story, a lot more connected to the fear, 
and the, the reaction is that people are more involved, people are more volunteering. Uh, it makes a lot, a lot of difference because the story today is the civil society, not the army, not just the army. Well, of course, the army is also the story, but the biggest story is the feelings of the people, the civilians. Uh, yeah, and you put it so well in terms of defining you know, the shift, and like you said, in terms of the feeling of security to now the feeling of tremendous insecurity, the way civilians are, you know, no longer feel that kind of shell of protection. In America, we're feeling it too. Obviously, there are major, major differences. So I don't mean to compare us to Lahavdil, but even in America with all the protests that are going on and all the hatred that we're seeing, and there is a tremendous amount of fear of like being exposed. And, and you're right, we were in a bubble, Baruch Hashem, for many, many decades, and almost, I guess, had a f- sort of false sense of security, we could call it. Uh, because of the government, because of the state, because of different uh, things that were in place that we now have been ex- and now has been exposed that ain't So on that note, you touched on enlistments and service and IDF. Uh, we know about the thousands of Haredim uh, who have at least applied to sign up for the IDF, not for combat, but for many other jobs that are desperately needed. I think 120 have already been accepted, and then there are more that are going to be, and there's training. And I think a lot of us are curious. Uh, this is now, I, now, as far as I understand it, it's not the Bnei Yeshiva. Bnei Yeshiva, of course, they're sitting and learning. They're not going to leave that. But people who are anyway not learning to be able to be spending their time uh, helping something that's so needed right now and helping, I guess, in this Muhammad. Is that like a change in ideology? Is that something where the situation changed? Is that is that just something where it, over the years it has evolved? How do you define kind of what's happening, and it seems, I don't know if it's universal, but it seems like it's widely accepted and pretty mainstream, if that's correct. Yes, I agree with you, uh, and it's both. I'll explain it. Uh, you said a very interesting definition that it's the population are married people. Now, there is a big change in the last five, ten years in the Haredi society. It used to be that uh, most of the people after Hassanah used to go, used to continue learning in Akoil. Now, by all the groups in the Haredi society, it's a taboo that a person that's learning a yeshiva, he's serving Amisuel by his Torah. Like Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua. Yeshua is, is leading the battle down in the, in the, in the field, and Moshe Rabbeinu, the Chiyodov Shel Moshe Oises Milchomo, so the Haredi society, the minority of the Israeli society that is learning Torah, used to, to serve Am Yisrael through the Torah. Now, usually, most of the people after the Hasana continued learning in Koilel, so they continued uh, sitting in the base of Medrash and not serve the army. Today, without of this story, uh, almost after two or three years, like 50% are going to work. Now, where they're working, a lot of them were secular society. And if so, there is not any reason they will not serve the army. Usually, the biggest problem in the army was the fact that in the Israeli army, women, boys, seculars, religious, people are serving together. And that had a terrible uh, influence on religious people that came to the army. And because of that, it's very very sad to say, but a lot of people uh, stopped to be religious in the army. But after a person is married, he was in Nikola, he was in yeshiva, and he's more stable in his spiritual life, and, he, and, and, he, and he's not learning uh, the opposite. He needs to serve. Uh, the Torah said, uh, say, says that when Moshe Rabbeinu came over, came over to Bnei Gadu, Bnei Ruven, 
So he came with a very, very uh, strong claim. It's impossible to, to, to accept the fact that uh, almost half a million uh, Jewish people are fighting now. And you cannot have to be part of it. And, but if a boy is learning Torah, so we know also by David Amelech, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a normal thing in the Haredi, in the Jewish uh, history. We had Shevet Levi, we had Shevet Yisachol. There was always a group, a big group that sat to learn. But uh, if a person is not learning, that is a new phenomenon that there is a big, high percentage of people that going up how to work. That is the big group now that went to the came to the army and said, we want to volunteer. And it's a it's a very big uh, numbers. I'll explain it. Usually in Israel, uh, in a, the average of the numbers in a year is two two thousand people that uh, Haredi people that serve the army. It's a it's a low percentage. Right. There's like almost hundred thousand people that uh, are, not, are not serving the army. Now in two weeks, three thousand people volunteered to the army, and it's uh, and it's just uh, and it's, it's the numbers are raising, and I think it's a very good thing because we, we if you are not learning. Uh, we, we're coming back to the to Moishir Zabbeinu claim. It's, it's impossible in, not to serve the army in this, this situation if you're not learning Torah. Fascinating. What you're describing is really fascinating, and I appreciate your words a lot. And it is interesting, like you say, I mean, you go through Tanakh, and Kali Yisrael had warriors in addition to having, obviously, Loimdim, and obviously people who are the Bnei Yeshiva, who are keeping upholding society. And uh, you're saying in a certain sense, it harkens back. Obviously, situations right now are different in a lot of ways. The the the, the Gedolim, to your awareness, have Gedolim. I know I've seen quotes here and there. There is a tshuva, a short letter from Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein. He was talking about, I believe, volunteering in local police forces and security forces. Uh, have the Gedolim discussed this in light of the current situation? Or maybe there are things that they said in the past that can adapt here, can apply here. Do we know? Do we know uh, their thoughts? We know always the the fight was always about the yeshiva boys or about the avrechim, the younger man that sit in the koilol. It was always very clear that people after the chasane, when they are stable in their spiritual life, in their religious life, and they are working, they don't have any schut not to serve the army. And it was very clear. And it more than that, you will never find. I remember as a child when a person, even in a Haredi neighborhood, when a person went to work. First of all, he, he served the army. It's called Shalav Bet. We never heard any G'dayli Israel that were against it. Because it was very, it's so simple that uh, it, it, there's no reason not to serve the army. There is a reason to serve. <laughs> so always the attitude was, if a person is learning, of course he should not serve. If a boy is not married, even if he's not learning all the day, Usually, people had a had a, a, a had a fear not to let him to go to serve in the army because we're sorry to say that a lot of people stop to be religious in the army. But if a person is married and is stable and he's mature, the opposite, he needs to serve. There's no reason not to serve. Amazing, really, really, truly fascinating. Uh, now, related to this, but a slightly different point is in addition to the darkness, or aside from all the tragedy, and right now we're in a matzah of really terror and fear, 
There also is the positive side. There's an incredible achdus that we're seeing in Klai Yisrael, an incredible Kiddush Hashem. There are stories of hundreds, maybe thousands of people who have committed to putting on tefillin, who have not put on tefillin in many years, being makabal mitzvahs upon themselves to, for a chayal, people in all over the world, really, globally, people who have no shaykhis to, you know, the community in Eretz Yisrael specifically. So we're seeing this incredible, incredible positive side. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so a lot of people like to connect it to the situations that we had before with the all the yeah uh, the judicial, judicial reform, reform yeah reform. judicial reform that there was a ter- enormous very painful uh, uh, two groups and an Amisrael Amisrael was divided two groups and it's a, it was a very painful and now we see that when we are all suffering together then we are uh, we can uh, unify together. Um, there is when when uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I heard an uh, interview with the nephew of Ben Gurion from the Yom Kippur War, and he lived in a kibbutz that people used to work in Yom Kippur. In Yom Kippur, they lost eleven members of the kibbutz. It was fifty years ago, and from this day, it's kibbutz Betashita. People started to fast, and he said a very uh, smart sentence. He said, we understand if the Egyptians attacked uh, the state of Israel in Yom Kippur, they didn't attack the Israeli identity, they attacked the Jewish identity because it's Yom Kippur. I think the same now in Simchat Torah. If the Palestinians, if the Hamas choose Simchat Torah, in, I'll tell you another thing. In the, the Hamas are not against Israel. They're against Jewish people. And the uh, and the all the the, the all of theirs uh, the amanav the Hamas all of their uh, documents oh, yeah. they write against Judaism not just against Zionists they speak in, in their language is an anti-Semite uh, uh, language and if they attack not just the state of Israel they attack the the Judaism as a phenomenon. People are the, our our uh, reaction has to do with Judaism. I heard a very uh, strong story about a child from Kibbutz Nachal Oz named Ariel Zohar. He lost his father, his mother, and his two sister. And he had a miracle. He, he was hidden and he, he survived. And he was by his grandpa and grandma in Rishon Etzion. Two days after the he lost his, his all his family, he told his grandfather and grandmother, Abba, prepared for mitfillin. The feeling that he got from grandfather, the other grandfather, that was a Holocaust survivor. In two weeks, I have a bar mitzvah. I want my mitfillin that I got from my father. Now, Nachal Oz was still a place that was insecure. So Tzahal, together with, with volunteer, people that volunteered from Zaka, went back into Nachal Oz and took out the tefillin. And he's not a religious child. He's a, he's a child from a kibbutz. They're very, usually, they're very, very far from a, from a, a religious identity. From wow. Judaism. And even And even though the little boy said, I must get back that feeling that my father got from his father, that was a Holocaust survivor, and I need to, in my bar mitzvah, to, 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 to wear my tefillin. The meaning is, when Kral Yisrael has a, such a big tzore, people... And you can see, probably you see all the pictures, all the videos 
a lot, a lot of soldiers are davening, people are wearing tzitzis, people are maniach tefillin, people are observing Shabbos. You can see in an, in an enormous chizuk, and we hope, we are praying, that the Kodesh Bochu will change, because you see an enormous move, enormous wave of Ruchnias in Klaliso. It's just incredible. And, you know, you did mention, and many have mentioned, the period that existed beforehand, the judicial reform, all the division. I did, I'll just mention, I did notice, I believe it's a Kedush Harim. It, has, it happened on Shemini Atzeris, of course, in Chastar and Eretz Yisrael. And Kashalai Fridaschem, of course, the famous Medrash, famous Chazal, Kashalai Fridaschem, the simple shot is that Kadosh Baruch Hu, the, the separation that we have from Kadosh Baruch Hu after the Yom Tovim, but I believe it's a Kedush Harim who says it, it means Kashalai Fridaschem, the period in Kali Yisrael, that Kadosh Baruch Hu is saying that the period in Klai Yisrael is difficult, the Machlaikis, and this is a time of, of Achtos, which might be very appropriate. Yes, but it is painful that we are, uh, we, we can find this point of Achtos only in, uh, uh, right. when we're in Atzara. It only takes, right, right. That is very painful. Yes. I heard, I heard once from the Kloizabugerebe that said he lost his 11 children, his wife, in the Holocaust. And he said, I will never. Never missed the Holocaust, but there is one thing that I'm missing. When we are prisoners, we were the same. We, all of us didn't have hair. All of us looked the same. Wow. And there were not separation in our group. So he said, that is the only thing that I'm missing from the Holocaust. The fact that a Jewish socialist, a Jewish communist, a Siddish, a Lithuanian, a Misnaged, a Chosid, a secular Jew, we were united together. Completely. And that is the only thing that I miss from the Holocaust. But it's also a painful idea because the meaning is that we can be together only when when there is a a big Tzorah. We should find a way how to be united, not just when we have Tzorahs, or, and, or we should find a way when we have good times to be to be together. Yes. Okay, my final question. I want to hear your personal uh, experience, how your yeshiva and your Talmud have been affected. You did mention earlier that there are mothers and that there are parents who are nervous, not just in your yeshiva, but in general sending their children out to yeshiva, sending them on buses. I hadn't thought of it. It's funny. You know, it's interesting. In America, you know, we, we hear about people who are nervous about sending their children back to Eretz Yisrael to learn or bringing them home even, which is certainly something I can, you know, understand, relate to. I'm not saying right or wrong. It's, but um, in Eretz Yisrael, I figured, okay, people, they understand they're in Eretz Yisrael, but that's a mistake. You know, sending a boy to yeshiva, sending a boy to, uh, on a bus or out, or, or out in public, or a boy or girl, anything, that could be something which is uh, frightening, traumatic. Um, what are your, what is your experience in terms of the Bachrim, in terms of the Talmidim? Are they nervous? Are they exposed to this? Are they mostly able to be protected? Sometimes children don't really see the same level that adults see. So what have you seen? Tell us about that. So it's, it's, it depends. You can see the first week people were in fear. People were insecure. I heard about children, teenagers that were suffered from anxieties. It's normal. But today, after three weeks, I can tell you, Baruch Hashem, Eretz soil in general is safe. People know how to behave when there is a, when there's a missiles. Baruch Hashem, because of the help of the America, 90% of the missiles are, are exploding in the air through Kipat Nozel. People have shelters. So we know how to behave. Now, in... In, in, in general, Eretz Yisrael today is a safe place. But, you know, sometimes people are suffering from fear and it's difficult uh, to calm them down. Right. I see in our yeshiva the best thing is the routine. We are started to learn Bobekame as usual. 
Uh, we have all the schedule as usual. And when a person has their routine, he feels secure. Another thing we are doing, we are trying very much to create programs to help uh, Klalisol. Uh, we had a big, big program. All the boys together sat and tied 300 cities. It's a lot of work. And uh, we had also a side effect. Boys learned very good the uh, Hilkai Stitches. <laughs> and my, my, my brother is serving in the army. He told me he saw a girl soldier and a, a Druze, an Arab soldier that wearing also the Stitches. I'm not sure that was the meaning of the, <laughs> of the voice. But uh, people, the Arab soldier said, uh, he's big, uh, he said, I want also to be protected. Uh, also, the girls asked that to wear Stitches. But in one hand, we try very much to take the boys into the routine. In the other hand, to connect them to the situation. And also, we need to pay attention. If we see a boy that's suffering, that is in a fear, we're trying to help them. Amazing, amazing. And like you said, sometimes just being occupied with, call it mundane things, mundane activities, could be the best medicine. It is interesting. It's it's almost ironic, right? You said that as a side benefit, they learned Hilchas Tzitzis. Usually, the, the, the yeshiva teaches Hilchas Tzitzis, and then they make the Tzitzis afterwards to show them the hands-on. And here, it's uh, it's been a hafakul a little bit. Right, right. We started from the Tzitzis, and then uh, yeah. we learned the Alochet. And we have a very interesting question. Boys, One boy tied 14 Tzitzis. And he said, if I have a hefsek, it's spelled Ishmo. So we learned together the Sugi oh. of Ishmo and Tzitzis. Very interesting question we had there, but the boys were very proud that they are supporting uh, the soldiers. And we 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 had a big note. The chido quotes the zoyal. The zoyal says that tzitzis matzil mikol mashchit. So we told the boys we are helping, we are defending the soldier now. Unbelievable. Okay, we're going to leave it on that very positive and heartwarming note, Rav Schneiberger. I, I must tell you, uh, and I'm just saying this for, honestly, Bli Guzma, from my personal feelings of speaking to you, your wisdom, your seichel, your clarity, an incredible yashrus uh, of thinking and perspective on the world. And I'm personally benefiting just even having this conversation with you literally, you know, has uplifted me and helped me sort of cope and understand and feel better. And uh, I'm sure many, many listeners as well. And I thank you so much. For what you do, and you know, and for taking the time before you do it to Klal Yisrael. Thank you very, very much. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day, Kol Tov. Thank you. Uh,